You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national and international events. This to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program comes to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne. My name's Joseph Toscano. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Now, if you're a royalist or a monarchist, I suggest you don't listen to the program because it may cause offence. Now, when I walked into the studios of 3CR today, I said, can I be expelled from the radio station? I want to be expelled. It looks like anybody who's anybody who has anything to say, any commentary, you know, regarding uh, the death of Mrs. Uh, What's-her-name, Elizabeth Windsor and the British Crown, gets ostracised. Thrown out at organisations, even rugby league players. Extraordinary. What an extraordinary situation. Now, to me, uh, the uh, death of uh, Uncle Jack Charles a few days after the death of Mrs uh, Elizabeth Windsor is an interesting paradox, juxtaposition. Now, I think most listeners would have known Jack Charles. He was a showman, bigger-than-life human being. He was a uh, senior Indigenous elder. He had uh, a number of tribal connections to the uh, Bunarong, Wawarong, Jajawarong, and uh, the Yorta Yorta. And he was uh, bigger-than-life. And those listeners who want to know more about uh, Jack's life, not the sanitised crap uh, we're uh, subjected to currently, I suggest you you go to 3cr.org.au forward slash Radical Australia and listen to an interview I did with uh, Jack, about a 56-minute interview, about three or four years ago where he uh, outlines his life. And it's obviously an extraordinary life, being part of the Stolen Generations. But I think one of the Jack's most endearing or significant contributions which highlights the radical nature of the man, not just the sanitised version which has been pushed by uh, people who wouldn't have given him the time of day years ago, is his play Jack versus the Crown. And I think this play Jack versus the Crown highlights the horrible negative influence 
that the British Crown, the institution of the British Crown, has had on the world, not just Indigenous people in this country. And I do recommend you uh, have a look at that. Jack versus the Crown. So Jack Charles, a farewell. My condolences to your uh, relatives and many friends around the country and overseas. And Mrs Elizabeth Windsor, my condolences to your family and your many supporters around the world. But the reality is that in many ways what we have seen is a simultaneous death of the victim and the perpetrator of that victimhood. Now, it's fascinating to see around the country the official flags being lowered. And it must tear the heart of many Indigenous Australians, both in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, to see the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flag flown at half-mast for the perpetrators of the fifth and genocide which occurred in this land. Now, I'm forever thankful that the Eureka flag is not an official flag. And although the most, or all, nearly all Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flags on public buildings have flown at half masts to mark the death of Mrs Elizabeth uh, Windsor. The Eureka flag is not being flown at half mast and will never be flown at half mast for a sovereign. Because the Eureka flag is the flag of re- rebellion. Not the flag of rebellion without a cause, but the flag of rebellion which is encapsulated in the Eureka Oath. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. And almost 50 people died on that fateful morning on the 3rd of December. Over 200 had arrested and 13 were taken to Melbourne and held in the old Melbourne jail in horrific conditions awaiting trial for high treason in 1855. Now, high treason was the most significant crime on the statute books for people who pulled down the butcher's apron, the British flag, and hoisted another flag in its place. And its place was hoisted the Southern Cross. And why was the the Southern Cross hoisted 
on the 29th of November 1854 for one very good reason. Tens of thousands of people had drifted to Victoria looking for gold. Many of these were refugees from the failed 1848 revolutionary movements across Europe. Many of them were Chartists from England, the failed attempt to introduce a little bit of democracy in England. Many had suffered at the hands of people who, div- who believed in the divine right of rulers, the divine right of monica- monarchs. And they'd come to this country to create a new life. And while they were lying there in their tents, in the cold, in the wet, what they saw, which they never saw in the Southern Hemisphere, was the Southern Cross, which you can only see in the Southern Hemisphere. And that's why the Southern Cross became the symbol of rebellion. So these 13 men who were tried for high treason, one native-born Australian, the rest from the rest of the world, John Joseph, a black man, a freed slave from New York, people from Ireland, Jews, the flotsam and jetsam of the universe, herded into the Supreme Court in Melbourne, 1855, charged with high treason. And if found guilty, the punishment for high treason, and high treason is treason against the monarchy, treason against the British crown. The punishment for high treason is Drawing and quartering. So I'm going to explain what drawing and quartering is. Because this was the punishment which was meted out to people who resisted the idea that they were subjects of a sovereign. First of all, you were strung up. Not hung, but strung up. until you could hardly breathe, until you almost lost consciousness. Then you had the rope removed from your neck and you were laid out on a table. And the executioner would slit your belly. This is why you're alive. This is the punishment for high treason, the punishment for resisting the concept there are sovereign and subjects. Then your intestines will be lifted up by the executioner and burnt, and the smell of burning intestine would you know, waft over the crowds that had come to see this public execution. And if you were lucky the executioner would then pull out your heart. But if it was a grievous crime of high treason, you would have horses attached to your four limbs and in unison they would pull out your arms and legs. This was the punishment for resisting the British monarchy. 
punishment which was used over and over again. Fortunately for the 13 people tried for high treason for their involvement in the Eureka Rebellion, the people of Victoria, juries of their peers, found them not guilty of high treason and they were released one after the other, after the other, after the other. And the clan authorities realised in order to maintain order, in order to maintain their superiority, they would need to come to some type of agreement with the rebels. And within 12 months of the Eureka Rebellion, major participants in the, in the rebel forces were members of the Victorian Parliament. So the Eureka flag will never, never be flown at half-mast for a sovereign. Maybe we'll see, we, we see the Australian flag and the Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag and especially the Torres Strait Islander flag and the Aboriginal flag under protest flown at a half-mast to mark the death of Mrs Elizabeth Windsor, the British monarch. But we will never see the Eureka flag flown at half-mast. If you feel as strongly as I do about the nauseous coverage we've been seeing, I suggest that on the 22nd of September that you wear a Eureka symbol to highlight the fact that you won't be mourning the death of the British monarch. You're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Now, can we separate the individual from the institution they represent? And that's what we're seeing today. We are seeing a huge separation regarding the individual, which is Mrs Elizabeth Windsor, who died recently, and all the paraphernalia, the pantomime around her death and funeral arrangements, and the reality of the institution she represents. Now, can we separate Hitler from the Nazi party? Can we separate Pol Pot from the Khmer Rouge? Can we separate Stalin from the Soviet Communist Party? Maybe you can. I can't. When you look at the damage which has been caused by British imperialism over the centuries, not just in its imperial adventures outside its borders, but the carnage it has caused within its own borders in order to maintain its position of authority as a sovereign. And let's not forget, like all monarchs, the British monarchy was based on the concept of divine Rule, divine rule, 
human beings chosen by God who are outside the law of the land. Let's not forget that this is not just an indigenous issue or an issue about imperialism and colonisation and the deaths of tens of millions of people over the centuries. This is an issue about the pauperisation of a people, about five-year-olds working in coal mines, about the rich and famous, infamous, wandering the streets of England with perfume cloths so they wouldn't smell the stench of their oppression. This is about the hundreds and thousands of political prisoners who made their way here under the convict system, whether they were Luddites or early trade unionists. This is about the induced poverty that we see and saw and continue to see, not just in the British Isles, but many of the British colonies. This is about the lives of tens of millions of people. And let's not forget that in 2022, we do not find ourselves in the same position today because of the struggles of the past because of the hundreds of thousands of people who have died struggling against the idea of the divine right of kings, about struggling against being subjects of a sovereign, people whose names are forgotten, but whose efforts mean that people like me can speak The truth, the inconvenient truth about the British monarchy without being hung, drawn and quartered. Because without their efforts, the monarchy will be just as powerful today as it was a hundred years ago. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Because this is a fundamental struggle between the sovereign and the subject. That's right. You are a subject. They are a sovereign. That is the difference. Huge difference. Sovereign and subject. Well, I just like to remind people listening to this program, and I'm sure many of them would feel the same way I feel, that I'm an Australian citizen. I am not a subject of the British Crown as our parliamentarians want us to believe. And don't tell me to go back to where I came from because I was bloody born in this country over 70 years ago and I have made my contributions to this country more contributions than the British monarchy has ever done. Think about it. Are you a subject to a sovereign? Or are you a citizen with rights and responsibilities? And nothing highlights 
how important the Crown and Jack versus the Crown highlights the damage done by the Crown. Nothing highlights how the Crown is so influential in Australian politics in 2021 than the current shenanigans by state and federal parliaments regarding the death of Mrs Elizabeth Windsor. Think about the current shenanigans. Federal parliament closes down for two weeks. State parliaments take a new oath to the new sovereign. The only thing about the new sovereign that I like is that the name he bears, Charles III, is similar to the name that Charles I bore. And you know what happened to Charles I when Cromwell and Parliament made their decision. Beheaded. But the thing is, the important thing is, the continuing influence of the British Crown on an independent Australian people. Theoretically. If you are elected by the Australian people at a state or federal level and you refuse to take an oath of allegiance to the British Crown, you cannot take up your seat in Parliament. So the British Crown has more influence as far as our parliamentary representatives are concerned at a state and federal level than the Australian people. Why should I, as an Australian citizen, take an oath of allegiance to the British Crown? Why should I? as an Australian citizen, take an oath of allegiance to the British Crown. If I represent the people of a particular electorate at a state or federal level, but we are seeing time and time again people who have no truck with the monarchy having to swear allegiance to the British Crown in order to take up their seat in Parliament as somebody who has been elected by the citizens of that electorate, the citizens of this country. Extraordinary, isn't it? And you look at the courts, the armed forces, you look at the Governor-General and the Governor-Generals in each state, not only the waste of money, and the pomp and ceremony, but the utter hypocrisy of us describing ourselves as an independent people, an independent nation. We are not independent. We never have been and never will be. While we swear allegiance, our parliamentary representatives swear allegiance to the British Crown. 
22nd of September, a day of national mourning. Now, it's all very well for members of the Federal Parliament and the Victorian State Parliament and State Parliaments around the country to be involved in this day of national mourning. They're not going to lose out on their pay. But how about all those independent workers, those independent contractors who are going to have to foreclose a day's pay? And how about all those businesses that are going to have to pay overtime if they wish to open on that particular day? Do you think they're happy about that? This national day of mourning? What are we mourning? Are we mourning the death of an individual? Many individuals die every day. Or are we mourning the death of an individual who is the head of an empire? Now, I will be mourning. I will be mourning on the 22nd of uh, September. And I'll tell you why I'll be mourning and how I'll be mourning. I'll be mourning the deaths the unnecessary deaths of tens of millions of people as a direct consequence of the murders, thefts, rapes, dispossession which were enacted on behalf of the British Crown around the world, including the people of Ireland and Scotland and Wales. I'll be mourning the fact that we are not an independent country, that our parliamentary representatives will still have to swear allegiance to the British Crown in order to take up their parliamentary seats. I'll be mourning the fact the Australian Broadcasting Corporation has spent so much time and effort and taxpayers' money to promote this British monarchy. It's vomitous, nauseous to turn on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation in its many guises to see the over-the-top, over round-the-clock coverage as if nothing else in this country matters or nothing else in the world matters. What I like about Jack Charles is the fact that for a brief moment, a brief moment, the showman, you know, updated the Queen. Just for a brief moment. Just for a brief moment. And that's the way it should be. Because look at the pomp and ceremony regarding the funeral arrangements. Now, are these funeral arrangements about Elizabeth Windsor? Or are they about reinforcing the power 
of the British monarchy. Is this English pantomime we are witnessing? Is it about Elizabeth Windsor? Or is it about the continuation of the British monarchy? And to me, it's less about Elizabeth Windsor, who I'm sure was a decent human being, but more about the continuation of the institution which has caused so much harm. And obviously the funeral will be followed by the coronation. And when I see the crown, which hopefully I won't, put on the head of the next monarch, I don't see a sparkling crown. And when I see the ceremony, which I I won't be watching, what we will be seeing, I will be seeing blood splurting out of that crown on the face of the new monarch because that is the institution that he continues to represent. An institution that has caused more damage around the globe than Stalin or Pol Pot or Hitler who did their very best to kill as many people as possible. But the thing is, when poor old Captain Cook came to Australia in 1770, he claimed Australia not on behalf of Britain, but the British Crown. And when you look at land which is owned by the state in this country, it's Crown land. And when you look at the courts and who heads the courts, it's the monarch. So let's not continue to rewrite history. I mean, Australians are very good at rewriting history. We've continued to rewrite history ad nauseum. If you're wondering what you're listening to, you're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. As I said before at the beginning of the program, if you're a monarchist, a royalist, I suggest you switch off. This is not pleasant. It is not pleasant. Hearing the truth is never, never pleasant. Especially if that truth is based about around murder and dispossession. It's extraordinary how historically we remember the murderers. We fawn at their feet. We, you know, bow, scrape wait for the royal touch. It's fascinating, isn't it, the words that are used for monarchs. But, you know, when I was thinking about this over the last few days, and I have been thinking about this the last few days, I was thinking about a terminology that is used to describe monarchs. Things like royal, highness, Majesty, think about it, these are just human beings. 
The reason they've been so powerful, and I'm not just talking about the British monarchy, but other monarchy, this is the Russian Tsar. The reason they were so powerful is they had a monopoly on the use of force. And they used terror in order to maintain their power. The history of the British monarch or the British crown is a history steeped in blood. When you see the statues of slavers being pulled down, I mean, the statues of the major slavers of the British Empire have never been pulled down and continue to stand there. So it's not just a matter of acknowledging the past. It's not just a matter of trying to rewrite history to suit you know, the current ambitions of the, of the flailing British Empire. It's not just a matter of that. It's a matter of actually clearing the air. We need to clear the air. When we have a national broadcaster and commercial networks that are falling over themselves to paint a picture, a rosy, pleasant, polite picture of the excesses of the British Empire you realise the huge task ahead of us in terms of, you know, in terms of changing things. Horrendous task. Even I was surprised by the extent, although a friend of mine, Lillian in Brisbane, sent me an SMS. She said, look, Joe, I've got my Eureka flag up. I'm going to uh, shut the doors for the next 10 days and turn off everything. It's the only way I can survive. Well, I don't think that's good enough. Irrespective of the consequences, we need to speak out. As I said before, I thank all those people before me who have fought for the right to be citizens, not subjects of a sovereign for giving me the opportunity to articulate these ideas today on Community Radio 3CR via the Community Radio Network across this country, who were put to death, who had died because they resisted the absolute power which was wielded by the British monarch. It is their sacrifice which gives me the ability to speak publicly without been hung, drawn and courted. Although many Australians who are speaking out, who are speaking the truth, now find themselves suspended from organisations, media organisations, sporting organisations, ostracised by their fellow human beings for having the audacity to question what is happening in this country today. For having that audacity, I remember fifty years, or was it forty years ago, when my late wife and I, Alan Jose and I, we would sit 
and refused to stand for God save the Queen, and she would say to me, Why should I stand for the very institution which destroyed my people? People turn around and twitter, titter and look at us as if we were subhuman. Well, it seems that nothing has changed. It seems that raising legitimate concerns about the history of the British monarchy and, more importantly, the continuing hold it has on the Australian imagination and the Australian public is somehow something to be ashamed of. Well, I'm not ashamed, but I am. I'm not ashamed of that, but I am ashamed. I'm deeply, deeply, deeply ashamed about how this country is dealing with this situation. I am deeply ashamed to see how we, as a nation, have been consumed by this media frenzy. I'm deeply ashamed to see people not understand what is happening around us. So, you do have options. Don't feel intimidated by majority opinion. Do not feel intimidated by the fact that you are unhappy with the current situation. Speak your mind. The government guild at ABC will not be speaking its mind. A few isolated pockets will, but most of it won't. The corporate-owned media will be beating the drum. But unless you stand up and speak your mind, we will continue to face this issue generation after generation. Let's not forget that we can, we, if we do not express our opinions, there's no point. There's no point to the sacrifices that have been made to, to give us the ability to express our opinions without being jailed and executed for high treason because we refuse to be a subject of a monarch, of a sovereign, because we think that we're just as good as these people. Now, I know a lot of people have a soft spot for Queen Elizabeth II or the late monarch. And I know why. Now, a lot of people say, well, what a wonderful job the monarch what a wonderful job. What a stabilising force in an unsta unstable world. Well, let's look at it. Now, I'm sure I could do a better job and you could do a better job than the next monarch and even the late monarch. Now, let's look at the lifestyle. And this is what I find extraordinary. 
you don't have to worry about your food. You've got cooks and chefs. You don't have to worry about ironing, your, ironing and washing your clothes. You've got servants, a multitude of servants to look after your interests. You don't have to worry about your children's education. You don't have to worry about your financial position. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen to you, whether you can afford to have a funeral. You don't have to worry about your dwindling superannuation. You don't even have to worry about dressing yourself. You've got a valet or a dresser or a handmaiden. You don't have to worry about security. You've got the armed forces on your side. You don't have to worry about your children's education. You don't have to worry about paying for travel. You don't even need to have any money. Or, or credit cards, or you know, magic, you know, phones to pay for things. You don't have to worry about anything, except people like me, obviously, and you, who say, "Well, this is unfair." Now, obviously, ninety percent of listeners to this program could do just as good a job as Elizabeth Windsor or Charles the Third Windsor had been a monarch if we had all those advantages and most of them are paid for by the taxpayer. I could do the job. I could wave. I could travel. I could shake hands. I could look interested when I'm disinterested. Come on, really? Really? You couldn't do the job if you had all that support? Thousands of people, and if things got a bit rough, you could go to one of your holiday homes somewhere, free of charge? What a luxurious lifestyle. What a luxurious lifestyle. I reckon I could, you know, shake a few hands, go to some concerts, do a bit of travel, stand up in a motorcade and wave... It'd be exhausting, but I reckon I could do it. And I reckon you could do it too, couldn't you? So let's put things in perspective. Let's look at some single parent with three kids on Social Security benefit and see how they cope and put them in the position of the monarch and see what job they can do. And let's not forget the media that you have behind you and all those media advisors. Let's not forget that. Come on. I'm sure you could do the job. Why not select the next monarch if they've got no real power? By lot. Hmm? Lottery. Monarch for a year, 10 bucks, buy a ticket. You get all the advantages of being a monarch. 
the free food, the chefs, the valets, the butlers, the security, the handmaidens, the chauffeurs, the airlines, the holiday homes, the financial perks. Wow, I'd be in that lottery. I reckon that's a fair away. Why leave it just to one family? Because, you know, they're related by blood to another family, to another family, to another family who are mass murderers and poisoners and executors. Why leave it to one family? Why not share it if it's so democratic? I think that's a great idea, Joe. Maybe I will conduct that lottery. I wonder if Charlie would be interested, you know. Seven billion, seven billion potential monarchs. Pick one out. Pick one out of the barrel. Amazing. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Yeah, yeah. my own personal bugbear is all those government houses around the place. They're usually in very nice places. Very nice places. I remember once Bill Hayden saying that the the best thing about being Governor-General was that he could ring down to the kitchen at 3 o'clock in the morning and get a cheese sandwich, a toasted cheese sandwich. Think about it. You pay for it, I pay for it. Think about it. Extraordinary situation. Extraordinary. I'll say it again, extraordinary. Let's move on. I mean, uh, once again, my sympathies to Jack Charles and his relatives and friends and my sympathies to Mrs Elizabeth Windsor's children and family. People do the best they can in life, but unfortunately, many people, many people never have the advantages that people who call themselves monarchs have. All right. Now, obviously there's other news. There's always other news and there always will be other news and hopefully in about a month or two or three, once the coronation is over, we'll be back on terra firma. Now, I know most of you will have remembered that September the 11th on Sunday was the 21st anniversary of the Twin Towers uh, Massacre, but I wonder how many of you remember Batten Charge Brax and the World Economic Forum protest which occurred in Melbourne on the 11th of September 22 years ago, the year 2000. Now I was part of those protests and I remember a few of us went actually and occupied the uh, Melbourne Stock Exchange when you could occupy it in those days when it wasn't all computerised which gave them a bit of a fright because obviously they were all, all the uh, coppers were down there at the um, World Economic Forum and they had to deploy their people up to the Melbourne Stock Exchange. By the time they arrived, we'd left and we wondered what all the commotion was and then we realised we were the commotion. Couldn't believe it. But let's not forget that uh, when the police rioted, and baton charge repeatedly the protesters that were there at the World Economic Forum 22 years ago. Many people were brutally assaulted and many people sustained 
injuries as a result of these baton charges. And the most significant thing was when the Premier at that time, Mr Brax, made the comment that he supported the police and he wanted them to go further. He made the comment that he supported them fully. Unfortunately for Victoria Police and Premier Brax, the courts had a different opinion. And a number of people, I think it was up to 57, received compensation for injuries they sustained as a result of these illegal baton charges by Victoria Police. So let's not forget. Now, I understand there's a protest at the Treasury building by an individual involved in those protests. And he wants to highlight the unfinished business regarding those protests. And he'll be there. So if you find yourself in Melbourne over the next week or two, pop down to the Treasury Building and say hello to Duff. He's, um, he feels quite uh, vehement about this. And this is the type of thing that people forget, don't they? This is the type of people thing you forget. You think it's all about pomp and ceremony, but it's not. It's about struggle. And we do need to remember the past because if we don't remember the past, we'll go through the same pantomime we're going through now regarding the uh, British Crown. We do need the past. Let's look at the lives of Jack Charles and Elizabeth Windsor. Jack Charles was removed from his mother at the age of four months, grew up at the Box Hill Orphanage in Melbourne, a pretty tough place, and spent a lot of time in and out of jails trying to deal with the situation he found himself in. A talented actor, ostracised in the 70s and 80s. It was only in the last few years that he was able to regain his position. A lot of people now think of him as the friendly, humorous Uncle Jack Charles. Well, Uncle Jack Charles had none of the advantages of Queen Elizabeth II and obviously he didn't have the worldwide reach of Queen Elizabeth II. But he did make a contribution to this society. That's what's important, isn't it, at the end of the day, that you make a contribution. And it's interesting to see how many people who've made a contribution to this society who have been written out of this country's history. I remember the members of the early members of the Melbourne Anarchist Club, which was formed on the 1st of May 1886 in Melbourne, Australia's first anarchist organisation. The only people who supported the Chinese in this country at that particular point in time, understanding the struggle that was occurring in this country, while most other radical activists and trade unionists went the other way, formulating the white Australia policy. Let's not forget on the 22nd of September all those people involved in that continuing, ongoing, lifelong 
generation after generation struggle to free ourselves from oppression, the oppression of the state, the oppression of the crown, the oppression of religion. Because ultimately, there's no heaven, there's no hell. The only heaven and hell is the heaven and hell on earth. And although we'd like to think there's an afterlife and somehow we're different to other human, other life forms on the planet, the fact is there's very little evidence to suggest otherwise. So those of you who are involved in a struggle to improve people's lives, to break down hierarchy, to create an egalitarian community, welcome to the club. You're a citizen, not a subject. You do not bow to anybody. You work with your fellow human beings because ultimately you are an independent soul working in conjunction with the people around you to improve your life and the life of those around you. You are not a monarch. You are not a sovereign. You are not a dictator. You are one of the millions and hundreds of millions of people who through the ages have done what they can to break down the power exercised by monarchs and sovereigns and dictators. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on this special day. Remember, 22nd of September, mourn those who have died in the struggle against inequality. Mourn those people. Use the day to mourn them. And if you live in Australia, wear a Eureka flag because the Eureka flag will never be flown at half-mast for the death of a sovereign. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. You can leave pleasant messages on 0439 395 489. Go to my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano, YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. I send out greetings to everybody listening to this program across the country and remember, open your mouth, say what you feel. It's important to exercise those liberties that we have won through struggle. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger!
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.